going to make the pick that the old Wilds would have made. Washington beats Philadelphia. I know you're mocking me. I got proof. I got proof. First of all, Washington is frisky. Philadelphia, did they look great against uh, the Texans last week? No. I got history on my side. It's a special edition of Upset Alert. I'm also picking that. <laughs> what? Yes. I picked two upsets. Yes. yes. I've got two upset alerts. I am picking Washington as well. <laughs> All live from New York. Welcome. It's the show that can pick not just one upset, but two upset alerts. Outright wins. Not just covering the spread. You're welcome, America. I hope you made a lot of money on that on today's show. Rough night for Eagles fans, as I predicted. Did this roughing the passer penalty cost the birds a perfect season? (laughs) Meanwhile, Dallas dissecting their loss in Lambeau, which I also predicted. Have the Cowboys been worse off with Dak? And finally, why Brady says he was embarrassed by this play, which I told my friends they should, they should run. I'm like, you know what? Brady hasn't caught a pass since 2018. They should run it. So it's actually three for three. Oh, man, I am feeling hot. Woo! Alongside Chris Broussard, I'm Kevin Wilds of Bucks and Dining Field Football. I'm back in a big way. Oh, Nick, how do you feel about sitting next to a genius? I gotta, I gotta give you credit, man. I mean, you are on fire. What? <laughs> you too, buddy. And Nick, Nick, we're on yeah. the <laughs> show. Starting the show. Starting the show. Eagles lost. Perfect we're just gonna go over. straight to the. What? what? I gotta talk about this game, bro. I was locked into this one. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Dusty's dreams are destroyed because he likes the Eagles. AJ Brown not mad at it though. Take a listen. It's just all about how you respond. I know guys got long faces, and but me personally, of course I want to win. But not all this 17 and no over with. Like you know, now it's not. Now we gonna wake up and how you gonna respond? You know, man, it's all good, man. You know what I'm saying? This this is a game that we love to play, and sometimes you can hit them out. Well, I had a perfect football week. AJ Brown didn't, but he's not too upset, bro. Is the Eagles' loss actually a good thing? <laughs> How dare you, Wilds? How do you come out here and change? You stole my upset alert pick. Stole? What do you mean stole? I picked the uh, Commanders to beat the Eagles, and not I you. I too. I agreed. You weren't even thinking about that until I said it. But I agreed with you, and we both got it you right. Didn't agree. I got it right, and you got you, it right. A green comes on with glasses. I got it. Did I not get it right? Listen, Was there not a video Nick, where I got you it right? Settle this, bro. bro. I reviewed the tape, and you were first in. Yeah. But then Wilds did join you what? alongside. Yeah, I, I just don't right. see how, yeah, like, at the, at, we said that if you got it right, you were going to join Wilds or replace him on the upset alert graphic. But now that he also, I mean, he went two for two. Oh, and you went one for one. Two so, for two. So, yeah, he got the Packers. I just, it's just how I reviewed the tape. Um, I'm not certain. It's weird. That the, we're, but good job okay. by both of you. I, good yeah, job I, by I, both of you. I'm right. doing this uh, segment, like many, it seems like lately, <laughs> under protest. <laughs> okay. All right? So let What's me. The let question me, is the loss a good thing? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, first of all, let me say this. <laughs> I, I do not like what A.J. Brown said. Oh, really? Oh. It's all right for me to say it, us to say it. We're outsiders, yeah. right? I thought, you know, I've said a loss would be good, right? Because I thought the pressure of 17 and 0, what would it be, 19, 20 and 0, whatever you got to yeah. go to win the Super Bowl, would be way too much. But I don't want to hear him say it at 8 and 0. At 8 and 0, like you're not 12 and 0, you're not 14 and 0, where it's really starting to be tough. That's a good point. You're 8 and 0, and you, so it already was getting to them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's number one. And that shows that had they gone undefeated, the, the pressure of entering the playoffs undefeated would have crushed them. Because then it's almost like it's not just about winning the Super Bowl. It's about winning the Super Bowl and being undefeated. Right, being the greatest team ever. I, absolutely. So, number one, I don't like hearing that from him, but this was good for them. Because, as I said, the pressure would have gotten mm-hmm. to him. It's one thing when you're an elite. You're, like, that much better than everybody. Even 20, 2007, sorry to bring it up, the Patriots. 
it, I don't think it got to them, but the bottom line is they yeah. lost. When you're undefeated, you can get – you're human. So you get overly confident. Of course, we all remember Tom Brady. Oh, we're only going to yeah, score 14, 14. points. Yeah. <laughs> they had averaged 37 that year, right? And it got to them. So – I look. Philadelphia is not head and shoulders above everybody well, else. Well, that's so to this me. This is good for so them. They'll I don't think the loss is good for them. I don't think it's you crushing. You don't think it's no, good for because them. I I think they need to bank wins because I don't think they are a great great team. I think they had a great record, and I think that they were playing with turnover luck fire Fact. and winning the turnover battle in eight straight games to start the season, there's a reason it was historically unprecedented. Because even if you're great at protecting the football and you're great at dislodging the football and you have ball-hawking players in the secondary, the ball is going to bounce wrong a few times. The refs are going to miss a call. And the fact that the Eagles went this long in the season without having a game like that Mm. is, to me, I don't want to say concerning because they were undefeated, Mm. but it is an indicator that they are not as good as the record suggests. And so here are the five teams in football that have forced the most turnovers this year. And I think all five of them, their record is better than they actually are. Okay. No, th- hold on. The Bills. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, with I you do. on the other I, four. I do. The, the Eagles the, they are a very good team. They're not 8-1 and one good. The Vikings are not 8-1 and one good. Seattle has overachieved. The Patriots obviously have overachieved. Well, just for the record, uh-huh. the fact that like our turnover differential is actually at zero because we give the ball you to give the, the ball away so a lot. Which, by the way, is, it, it, with the Bills the and the Patriots, too, it's right. similar in that regard. Okay, so we're so good. Let me give you. So the the flip side <laughs> to that coin is there are three teams in the league that have a winning record that their turnover differential this year is minus two or worse. And I would argue you could say they are the three best teams in football. They are winning despite the turnover luck going against them. Kansas City, San Francisco, and Miami. Those three teams Mm. have had reverse turnover luck, and they are winning despite it. So when we are projecting forward for the season, for the postseason, and saying what is sustainable, what is not sustainable for teams, I am hesitant. Those two teams at the top in particular, those three teams at the top, Philly, Minnesota and Seattle, which, by the way, right now would be the one, two, three seeds in the NFC. Are they actually better at all than San Francisco, than some of the other teams? Or have they just been great at forcing turnovers in in Minnesota and Philly's case, great at protecting the ball, but that is going to regress to the mean at some point. And a little lucky. Yes. Um, All right, so I'm going to take a quick trip down memory lane because we always have these battles. I'll let you in behind the curtain, as Jalen Rose says. I'm like, hey, we need to talk about this team. We need to talk about that team. We need to talk about the Utah Jazz. proven correct. And and you're always pushing back. So the last few teams that were undefeated, we had all these – fights. One of them, obviously the Eagles. Cardinals, now granted, Kyler got hurt here, but ended up 11-6, and six, and then next thing you know, Kyler was throwing the ball upside down uh, against the Rams. And Big Ben, when they all they did was throw the ball and didn't run it, but he was 11-0. I was like, Nick, we got to talk about the Steelers. He's like, no, we don't. Right. Nick, do you think the, uh, excuse me, the Eagles are going to suffer this same kind of mediocre Well, those fate. teams lost in the wild card round. Those teams fell all the way off and lost in the wild card round. The, the Eagles, I think, are still very likely to get the bye mm-hmm. and, and the one seed, which is why, by the way, a side story brew to last night's Eagles loss is the Cowboys had to wake up Monday morning feeling sick, and they had to wake up this morning feeling sicker. Because if they had simply held serve against right. Green Bay, hold on to that fourth quarter lead, they controlled their own destiny to win the division. Because they would be in a better, they would be in a position where if they can go and beat Philly, they would then, because of the better divisional record up to that point in time, have the tiebreaker with Philly having split the head to head. Now Philly trips up and the Cow, the Giants, I guess, are the team that's oh. in position. Now I don't think the Giants will, <laughs> I, but. So I don't think Philly is fraudulent mm-hmm. the way the Steelers and the Cardinals, I felt they were all year, both those teams were fraudulent. But I also don't think they are a juggernaut. I don't think they are one of the three best teams, right, or one of the two best teams in the NFC right now. Re- or two best teams in the NFC. Yes. Okay, but I do still think they're a legitimate contender in the NFC. They're not the, the favorite right now, maybe, but they, I know you probably got Tampa. And San, Tampa Francisco. and San Francisco ahead of them. 
I yeah. think Philly can play with them. So I, I'm still giving them a shot. I, I know, but we got like Tampa Bay five and five, and it's like ooh, yeah. But well, it, and San Francisco, San Francisco, four, so right, two, it, two teams we think might. And, be and by, one other note, real quick before Go. we move on. The, I know he's just a rookie. The Jordan Davis injury is a big deal for Philly. And they oh, mentioned yeah. it on the broadcast right. and that he's a top 15 pick, a monster of a man, and the, what he allows them to do differently up front when he's there to when he's not there. Ben Solak has pointed this out on Twitter and on his podcast a lot. That's a big injury, and he's not coming back for the next few weeks. And so I just think for Philly, they are not in as much as, to use a brew term, the catbird seat. Brew, I can't give you upset alert full credit, <laughs> but I will give you catbird yeah, seat credit. I wouldn't be surprised if Philly loses a few more. Sorry. Oh, I like that. I agree with that. Towards the end of the game, the rare roughing the passer penalty that is being called and celebrated by the quarterback at the same time. I mean, Brew, are you okay with this? Completely. Really? Absolutely. Look how excited he is. I mean, he took a knee. Graham was what? He five fell yards? Into him. He was five yards away when Heineke goes down. Look at that. He's five yards away. Don't tell me he couldn't have stopped without he tried making to stop. contact. It, it took him he's, he couldn't he's stop a in five yards. Pound man. He tried oh, stop. Look at that. He's five yards away. Brew, he there okay. Heineke's right. I look, I it this is no, I have no problem whatsoever with this it. call at all. I have a problem with the face mask, as I'm sure everybody. I, but this, no. See, I do. And by the way, even after throwing the flag, once I see Heineke celebrating, I'm picking putting the flag back in my pocket. Is that allowed? That was, What's wrong yeah, with pick it up? Oh, yeah, just you, pick it up. You pick it up. Yeah. Like, there's no there, you can't Wilds, you said it before the show. This is Wilds point, he's right. Guys celebrating drawing a flag when the flag is only there in a player safety mechanism is to me in poor taste but more importantly than it being in poor taste i whenever stuff like this happens i'm always talking about the unintended consequences and i'm telling you right now there are smart teams across the league that are talking to their quarterback saying all right listen guys if we're in a fourth and forever in a must go for it situation Rather than do the, as Scott Van Pelt calls it, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, where you just do the laterals all around, like yep. Philly, how they do lost the game. Fake play. Um, let's pretend we're running a play, and right before the guys close in on you, irrationally and out of nowhere take a knee yeah. and see all if right somebody before, falls into you. But because what he did was fell into Irrationally? Yeah, he went kind of. down. He was about to get sacked. He took a knee. He's clearly down. No, he didn't really and take it a wasn't knee. right before. Like, Flop. His no, knee went over my the ground. Point is, if you're the Philly defenders, he's five yards away. I, I get it. If you're the Philly defenders, you are not thinking at any point he's going to all of a sudden give himself up. That's right. You are in full pursuit with the game on the line. And then Heineke, I, I'm not saying what he did this on purpose, but he might have discovered something here where it's like, oh, this is a. This is a, a different way to get an automatic first down. I just hated it. Yes, we I just hate I thought yes. it. That's and I can't believe you don't call. like it. The Jose Alvarado fan that you oh are, my you don't gosh. like that's that? Not, that's nowhere near what Jose Alvarado is up to. Really? No. Do you see it, Jose It's like exactly the same. Got in Jose Alvarado's face. There's a little bonus. That was great. I, I can't believe it. Up big and Jose Alvarado still stealing the ball. Up next. More Pelicans talk. Just kidding. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Next, first things first. You're you're deceptive, too. Congrats again. You're you're, you're, you're just like Heineken. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. 
See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. Oh, welcome back to the big show. Great segment coming up. James Jones is here with us. What's going on? Welcome, James. We're going to start with this. Buffalo Bills. Looks like they're struggling. I thought they were struggling. Our friends at Fox Bet said not so much. Still the favorites. Have the Bills at one, Chiefs at two, Eagles with the bronze medal. Broussard, are you surprised the Bills are still the favorites? No. Like, why in the world would I be surprised? I mean, they just lost and looked horrible. Props to Fox Bet for not overreacting to one of 17. Mm. What about two of 17? And I would think, not even overreacting to two of 17. I would think, Nick, that you would understand this. Because you are not a standings guy. No. Should Fox bet just – how about just Philadelphia <laughs> and Minnesota, the two favorites? No. Huh? Let's go by the records because no. that's – Fox bet is studying the tape. Fox bet is looking and seeing who's the best team. That's not they're looking happening. at the facts and they're saying, they okay, the offensively – Yeah, they, they're saying <laughs> I, I, I got facts, all right? Okay. Offensively, they're saying, bow to wash – uh, Kansas City averages a couple more points per game, but both have great quarterbacks. About a wash. Okay. Defensively, though, oh, wow. Mm. Bu- uh, Buffalo's defense much better than Kansas City. Yeah, allows six fewer points per game than Kansas City. And then they're saying, okay, people are talking about Josh Allen. He's reckless. He makes some turnovers. But they're saying – Hmm, Brett Favre, who I'd say is the new age age Brett Favre. Brett Favre was able to win a Super Bowl making some turnovers. Oh, let's not even go Brett Favre because he was great like Josh Allen. Last year you had a quarterback who was just good. Matthew Stafford led the league in interceptions, still won a Super Bowl. So Fox bet is going beyond emotions, mm-hmm. going beyond who I root for, and saying Buffalo is the best okay. team. Since They're going to lose four. They're going to be 13 and four. Ooh. Maybe 12 and five. 13 and, and still, four? And still win the Super Bowl. Okay. Maybe 13 and four. 12 we and can, five. Can, 13, uh, yeah, my point is they're going to lose some games, but so, they're still going to win listen, the Super Bowl. Listen, I – since you evoked Fox Bet so often, what Fox Bet is doing is slowly correcting the initial opening season error. You can't, when a gambling line is so far off like the Bills were, you can only slowly correct it. You can't overly correct it. So eventually water will find its level. So I'm less concerned about why they're still the favorites and more concerned about if they still should be. And the Bills have given us no reason to believe in them. So let's go through it. The defense has proven nothing. Nothing. The defense ended last year unable to stop the Chiefs in 13 seconds, then unable to force a third down in overtime. And then this year, they're really banged up. And they let the Jets go 94 yards, and they let the Vikings go all over the field on them. So defense, X. The offense, we, you said it yesterday in your soliloquy about how great Josh Allen is. He has to do everything. They can't run the football. Okay, so they're all relying on their quarterback, and the quarterback, of course, leads in turnovers and is banged up. And now let's talk, those are all like kind of statistical facts, right? Now let's talk more ideas, all right? What are the two best football games of the last 12 months? I would argue it was the Chiefs-Bills playoff game Mm -hmm. and Vikings-Bills from Sunday. What's the common thread? Well, both of those games, the Bills were at one point a better than 98% chance to win and found a way to create a loss. Yeah. What's the only game in the last two years where a team outgains its opponent by 270 yards or more and finds a way to lose? Yeah. Bills, yeah. Dolphins, yeah. in the playoffs. Do we expect them to be close games? I do. Yeah. Over the last two years, who has been the worst team in the league in close games? Well, the answer is the Houston Texans. But who has been the second worst? Hold on. You you just said it. The second worst has been the Buffalo Bills. And so I I, I am simply asking the question of what have the Bills done to show us they should be Super Bowl Can I pl- just that, quickly before nothing. you go? go, ahead, go ahead. Nothing? Go ahead. How about going in the Arrowhead uh-huh. a few weeks ago yeah. 
and beating the Chiefs as, for the season. As a you, very smart you keep man throwing said, out that, well, they did that last year. Right lost as in a very the smart man once said, right a now, team though. could be really good and yep. go 13 and 4. You're not going to win every game. But I'm telling you, you're right not going to win every they game. They was playing extremely good football going into Kansas City. These last three weeks, they are not playing good football. That is a trend. I am you surprised don't think by this. Turn it no, I am surprised by I don't think they'll turn it around for Super Bowl caliber oh, team. Yeah, they might win some games and they're definitely going to get in the playoff, but Super Bowl caliber, I'm, I am surprised. And my reason why I am surprised is because home field is gone. Gone. Like, I'm with you if everything is coming through Buffalo. And you you are body. possibly going to have to be going through Kansas City again or through Miami again to try to win a football game. Money. And with a guy that's turning over the football consistently right now, you are not overcoming that on the road. You possibly may be able to overcome that at home. You are not overcoming that against Patrick Mahomes and the Dolphins and, on the road. And, and I do not see it happening. And he's right. Two and nine and two one, and one score, score games. games. The only and you want to go on the road the against some really good teams and win. And, I'm surprised the Chiefs are not it, higher up there and, on and this can thing I, right Can now. I say one other thing? Sure. Josh, we can show it to you. The Bills have played nine games this year. Josh Allen's played nine games this year. We joke about the roller coaster graphic over the last two seasons, but the fact of the matter is this year, Josh Allen has played four good games and four truly bad games and one game right in the middle. That Does that brew? He has four bad games this year. Four. That's half does the that games scare he's played. Yeah. Does that not really? Because, Bro, because he tends to show up in the, if you like this. How, was he like that in the playoffs last year? No, they no. lost. He had what nine touchdowns? No, but that's is that, zero so, interceptions. So, so that's my question. Big games he shows up. Big game against Kansas well, the biggest City this game year. That's the biggest game he didn't he play. He showed with. up. The biggest game of his career. The one time he's been in a conference championship game, he didn't play. He with. was a youngster. So close games is not he big. Was he ain't winning. It was eighteen close months games. ago. It was a close game against Kansas City he two this and year. Nine and he not winning them though, bro. Twenty four twenty. That's a close game. Yes, that so was. That's one, of, that's two, one of the two. Well, it's against, it's against the, the best team in the league. And, that, and, the, and the other one's Baltimore, and then the nine, we don't the have The other one's Baltimore. So How saying, about that? So, Baltimore and Kansas City, so I'll your take belief those. right now, you're telling me that the Buffalo Bills right now, the way they are playing, can go into Kansas City and beat Patty Mahomes in it right now. Absolutely. Chest, base, toes down. Literally, Come on. It's, you, not, it's not a hypothetical. You, we literally just saw it. This is not something that we need to like. Four weeks ago, would Wilt Chamberlain be able to play against Giannis? You think the Packers are turning around? The Bills can't turn it around. This three games in a row trend, man. Quarterback ain't playing good. Oh, he he, come on! I can't wait to see Josh Allen this week. We just saw a Von Miller defense shut down Patrick Mahomes, but he won. So I feel like the the way that the Bills are constructed this year. Is more relevant than how they were but constructed. It's different. They the haven't even had like their guys right Davis now. White. Buffalo no, is like this right now. That's, the that's, way they are playing is it, ball. It's going to stay that when way for the next year. No, 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 no. Both were like this. No, no, no. Obviously, it's not that's a surprise. No, no. Obviously, that they lose in these games. obviously, things are going to change over the course of the season. There's no doubt about that. And to mm-hmm. go back to the Eagles before, when you were mentioning the 07 Pats, their problem was they peaked too early. They peaked when they were beating teams 52 right. to 17, and there were some warning signs for that team in the final couple weeks of the year when they were still winning, but they were closer than you right. would like. So obviously, things, it's a, we got half the season left. However, it is, in my opinion, intellectually dishonest to pretend as if the Bills spit in the bit en route to coasting to the one seed, a bye, and having the games in Buffalo is not a massive error. And it is and it is also intellectually dishonest, in my opinion, to act like if the Chiefs and the Bills were to play again in the in the postseason this year and that game is in Arrowhead, huh. the Chiefs do not have a sizable emotional and psychological edge despite the fact that Buffalo has beaten them two years in a row in that building in the regular season because the Chiefs have beaten them two years in a row in that building in the postseason. One was a blowout and the other was an emotionally devastating loss. And the last point and the one that I thought I would have you on my side on Mm -hmm. is we have seen one quarterback in the league that was almost – you know, bent. Not, I don't want to say bench, but his team didn't want to extend because he had such a turnover problem. All of a sudden, stop turning the ball over. 
His name's Daniel Jones. See another quarterback all of a sudden become the most turnover-prone quarterback in the league. His name's Josh Allen. The common thread is one used to have Brian Dable, one now currently has Brian Dable. Mm -hmm. And I understand Ken Dorsey became a mini-celebrity for throwing a temper tantrum, but I'm yet to see him design a creative offense that can get a running game going. Mm -hmm. I'm yet to see Josh Allen look like he did two years ago under Brian Dable. All those reasons, people should be concerned. And that's not even to mention the Dolphins might just flatly be better than them, and they're in the same division. No? Dolphins Dolphins are legit. They might be better than both of them. And if you got to go on the road, I'm telling you, if the Buffalo Bills got to go on the road, I still feel very confident. Buffalo. Talk World Cup. Next, first things first. Speaking of the world's pastime, we're headed out to Doha. The World Cup starts Monday. Monday. 1 p.m. on Fox. Here to break it all down is Stu Holden. Stu, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to dive right in and talk about the pride of Hershey, Pennsylvania, Christian Pulisic. (laughs) Chelsea, kind of his time in Chelsea, a little bit up and down, comes in, scores some goals. Next thing you know, he's on the bench. I kind of want him to become not just a star. I want him to take this leap of like superstardom on the world stage. Is that going to happen? I hope so. If the U.S. are to do well, we need that to happen because we know how important when you get to a big tournament like the World Cup is every team here is a good team. And you look at the U.S.'s group, we've got Wales, we've got England, we've got Iran. The United States should get out of that group, but in order to do so, they're going to need Pulisic doing the things that you talked about that he's done for Chelsea, for his previous team in Germany, Borussia Dortmund. But when I've seen Pulisic at at his best, It's for the United States in games that are important. I remember going back to the qualifying cycle. We needed to beat Panama. What did Pulisic do? Turn up with a hat trick. And I know sometimes people don't think that this kid can handle the pressure because ultimately he still is a kid. He's a young player. He's old enough, though. This kid is good enough. And I think also when he's in the national team, he feels... You know, he feels like he is that guy and needs to be that guy and can be that guy for this team. So I hope that we see the best Pulisic. He's not coming in in the best form in the club form, but I think for the national team, you're going to see this kid in his first World Cup. He missed out on this opportunity four years ago. He's going to want to write that and show everybody what we missed back in Russia in 2018. All right, Stu, the first game the U.S. is going to play is obviously against Wales. And if they were to lose that game, there's still a path for them to get out of the group stage. If they draw it, then a lot comes down to the England game. If they beat Wales Monday on Fox, then I feel like they are all but assured to make it out of the group stage, no matter what happens in the England game. Do you agree with me that beating Wales almost locks up the U.S. for advancement? Oh, uh I don't know if it 100% locks it up. Odds will tell you and history will tell you that winning your first game in a World Cup gives you around a 75-80% chance of advancing to the next round. So if we want to say that that all but locks it up, I think you're still going to have to think about the fact that we play England and that they are one of the best teams in the tournament in the second game. But if you win the first one, you're going into the second one full of confidence. And then I've been watching a lot of Iran the last couple of days. This is a team that we should beat. It is a good team. It's not an easy team. It's not one that if we win the first, we're automatically going to get a point from Iran. But I think four points ultimately sees you get through to that next round of the World Cup. So if you get three out of your first, you just need one point out of your next two. I would feel really good about our chance of advancing if yeah. we beat Wales. But as you said, that Wales game is the most important one. That's the one we start with. We've been talking about how young this U.S. team is. Wales haven't been in a World Cup in 50-plus years. So they're going to be pretty nervous in that first game as well. And I think it's a big opportunity for the United States. Stu, you mentioned the U.S.'s Black Friday game against England. Everybody's talking about this game. What makes that matchup so interesting? Yeah, we hope and we expect that that's going to be the highest-watched soccer match on the men's side of all time. Mm. I hope we see that because why? England were semifinalists four years ago. My good friend Alexi Lalas compared them to the Dallas Cowboys in that every single year they come in with massive pressure. People expect them to win the whole thing. When they start to do well, everybody gets excited, and then all of a sudden they let you down at the end. That's what happened to England. They lose in the semis. They lost in the final of the Euros on home soil when everybody expected them to win. So this is an England team that is in a lot of the players are playing in the biggest league in the world in the Premier League. They're some of the highest paid, biggest stars in the world. But yet, 
When they put on that England shirt, that shirt feels about 15 pounds heavier because of the pressure and the expectations. That's the game that we're going to find out how far this U.S. Can team can go. Why? Because England are one of the best teams in the tournament. But if we put on a good showing, if we get a point, if we beat them, people are going to start talking about the U.S. instead of England. Okay, so listen, I, uh, I'm focused on the U.S. getting past the round of 16, not just out of the group stage. I mean, like, a little World Cup history, people don't know it. Very first World Cup ever, the U.S. made the semifinals. It sounds great, but then you know there are only 13 teams in the semifinals that got beat by a half dozen goals. The next <laughs> World Cup, they finished dead last, and then 10 of the next 11, they didn't even qualify. Then in the 90s, they started to have a real program, and they round of 16, round of 16. Once we've been to the quarters, we've never been further in modern soccer history. So I'm focused on getting past the round of 16, which means I'm focused on Netherlands. So they, they are the team that is likely to win Group A, we're in Group B. So here's my question for you. If you could script it, would it be better to win Group B if that means you play Netherlands, if they are the two in Group A, or to come in second in Group B, if that makes you avoid the Netherlands. What, what do you think would be the preferred path if you could choose your own adventure? Yeah, well, Group A is a fascinating one, the one that you're talking about that we match up with. You have the hosts, Qatar, big expectations for them. Unfortunately, and I, I got to say this quietly because I'm here in Doha, yeah. I, I don't think they get out of the group. Uh, yeah. We have Ecuador, then you have Netherlands and Senegal. Three other really good teams. Ecuador, exciting team as well. So I don't think that you're thinking about it if you're the U.S. saying, hey, let's finish first or second because we might get whoever. I think that this U.S. team, if they get out of this group, they'll fancy their chances against any of those teams. Oh, okay. Holland are a good team. They didn't make the last World Cup, though. This is them back in the World Cup. So they're going to have some pressure and expectations, too. They have some guys playing at big clubs. But I don't see the Dutch and the Netherlands as a club and a team, rather, a country, that we should be fearing when we come to the United States if we're playing the way that we've done to get out of the group. Bring it on, man. I mean, that's what wow, it comes to go. in that next stage. Go I back to 2014. <laughs> Remember Belgium? We almost beat them and then lost to them in, uh, at the very end in extra time. So I, I think we could do it if we get to that point. All right, Stu. Uh, individually, everybody's going to be watching Harry Kane. All right. The Oddsmakers have said he's got the best chance of scoring the most goals. Tell us about this guy. Tell us why we should pay so much attention to him. Yeah, well, golden boot winner for him in Russia in 2018 when England got to the semifinals. This is a guy who is one of the best goal scorers in the history of the Premier League. He's still in his prime, so that's kind of scary as well. And, and I actually feel he's by far and away the most important player for England. He's one of the top five players in this tournament, but they don't have a replacement for him. I mean, nobody would for a guy that's that important and scores so many goals. Putting the ball in the back of the net is the hardest thing to do in our sport. The U.S., we don't have and number nine that comes close to Harry Kane. We don't even know who's going to start in our first game against Wales. England have had him nailed in to be a starter for the last four years, maybe even longer than that. So to keep him off the score sheet is going to be a challenge for any team. For him to be in the conversation again to be the golden boot, England have to make a deep run because there's guys on France like Benzema, Lewandowski, Messi, you might have heard of him, Cristiano Ronaldo, you might have heard of him. So these are the type of class of player when we're talking about Harry Kane and his quality for England. So it's going to be fun watching him up against the U.S. back line. Awesome. Great job, Stu. Thank you so much. Go USA. Also kind of rooting for Harry Kane and Tottenham. To be totally oh, give me a break. <laughs> I just am. What do you want to give say? Give me wow. a break. Hey, USA wow. Wales next Monday, 1 p.m. on Fox. It'll be excellent. More First Things First after the break. Welcome back to First Things First tomorrow. 4 p.m. Oh, it's the best segment in all sports television. The committee is meeting tonight. It's Nick Steers, and then on Thursday, 4 p.m., if you need motivation, well, you walked into the right bar because we pour that here. <laughs> Under the rest, the publicist, Thursday at 4 p.m. Right now, we're going to head to Dallas. Bob Sturm writing that Dak has been, quote, flirting with disaster a lot since he returned. You can flirt a little. Oh, not flirting too much with disaster. Uh, we thought Dak's return was going to unlock this season, but Brew kind of going the other way. Do you think the Cowboys have looked better or worse since Dak got back? It's a tricky question. No, it's not. Well, okay, okay. So let me start here. Offensively, 
before Dak came back. He played off. Or the five games, <laughs> right. The five games without Dak, mm-hmm. they scored 21 points a game. Talk to me. The three games with Dak, they're averaging 33 points uh-huh. a game plus. That would be My number goodness. one in so the league better. ahead of Knicks yeah. Chiefs. All right. That seems good. Tony Pollard. Since Dak's been back, has looked like Tony Dorsett. Well, okay, All right. Okay. Oh, no. That's He's like, averaging 110 yeah. yards a game, almost seven yards a carry. I don't need to. I'm sorry. I like Zeke. <laughs> I don't need to see Zeke anymore. Tony wow. Pollard. I need to a see few, some carries here and there get hit and yeah. soften I, the defense up. But I like Tony Pollard. He's better than Zeke yeah, no at doubt. this point. No that, doubt. But I need to so, see. the issue is the defense. And I get complimentary football, Okay. But the problem, the defense is a problem. That's not on Dak. Let's not blame that on Dak. And this is what we feared, that they would go back, they would get away from what they did with Cooper Rush, which is run the football, and think, well, Dak can do more, which he can, but they become a little too uh, dependent on Dak. No way he should have thrown 46 times against Green Bay. So once they get back, to running the football primarily and then having Dak just manage it and then make some plays for us here and there. Okay. That and the defense, they'll be fine. That I'm, was I'm not 99% concerned. you saying that they were better. And then finally at the end, worse. But that's not on Dak. Why are we putting it on Dak? I mean, but is the defense was, on Dak? Hold on. Wait, this actually, I was saying you should go, but I just want to say something here. I, I'm not putting it on Dak. However, you, I, w- I was surprised by your answer only because you believe in this, like, quarterback wins, like, that, that it can just affect the ethos and the vibe of the team. I believe in the intangibles. And so it, I thought you might say the defense taking a step back that Dak does oh, have something. I, thought, I honestly thought really? you might. Because here's the thing. I don't believe in the quarterback win stuff. But I do think that what we have seen from them defensively mm-hmm. since Dak returned is they don't feel as pressured to dominate every game, and maybe that pressure was good for them because they, they have not been as good defensively since That's Dak true. has returned. I'm not blaming Dak for that. That is on them to, to play up to that standard. But I do wonder if there is just the natural human inclination – to, you know, exhale, like, okay, yes. Cooper's gone, and now we can do this. And what you're not getting on the flip side of that is Dak is playing better than Cooper Rush was, there's no right. doubt. However, the points per game thing is a little misleading by the 149-point explosion. But even without that, it's the, well, without what, that, 26. It's, yeah, exa- yeah, but the, the first game they played against the Lions, that game was nip and tuck until the end when the Lions started melting down. And then this game was obviously nip and tuck throughout. I, what I do think, and I read this whole article that I thought was interesting, and this is what I want to ask you, is what Bob Sturm said is that Dak is taking chances since he returned that he had not previously been taking. And he postulated that some of that Cooper Rush chatter, maybe that Dak was like, I'm going to show you guys what a real franchise quarterback looks like, and now he's trying to force balls he otherwise wasn't. I don't know if that's what's going on. What I do know is the Cowboys need – one of something they're not currently getting. They either need the defense they had with Cooper Rush mm-hmm. or Dak to play like not a quarterback better than Cooper Rush, but a top 10 no-doubt quarterback. Right now, they're getting a good defense and an okay quarterback, and that ain't going to be enough yeah. for them. Number one, I, I, this is crazy to me right here that he even wrote this article saying are the Cowboys better. But number one, Dak Prescott, right? You come in there, you're averaging 30-plus points a game with Dak Prescott, right? Clearly better than Cooper Rush, right? But I blame this a little bit on Dak too, right? Because when we were dominant in Green Bay on the offensive side of the ball, our defense used to struggle number-wise, right? Because we're always up in games and teams have to throw the ball all over the yard. So when you look at numbers-wise, you're looking like, damn, Charles Woodson and these boys ain't really doing their job and all that because they're giving up a bunch of numbers and all this type of stuff, giving up solid points and all that because we're scoring 35, 40 points a game, right? So that's what they can do. When Cooper Rush was in the game, these games were very, very close. 
So teams are running the ball, right? Then on third down, here comes Micah Parsons making a big play. So the defense is playing better. Now you're coming out there, right? And you're playing with these leads, and teams is dropping back, throwing this ball all over the yard, and you guys are giving up points and yards and all that. So part of that is Dak, but you can't but blame Dak because Dak is putting up them points. Teams are running on the defense. I mean, Green Bay ran on their defense, yeah, yeah. and that, that's what I'm Let me, let me show you a, a statistic that speaks to what you were saying too, James. Uh, first seven games, Cowboys defense, 15 points a game. Last two, 30. Yards exactly. per game, 305 to 393. Passing touchdown, 6 to 5. Interceptions is really interesting well, that, too. That goes back to the Eagles that's discussion what? we were having, which is it, when you lean that heavily on forcing turnovers, you better either be – the 0-2 Bucks or the Bears that made the Super Bowl with Grossman with but Peanut not, Tillman, yeah. or you better find a way to make up when that regresses back to the mean. Yeah. Here's the uh, my uh, my real concern with Dallas is not about Dak specifically. Mm-hmm. It's more about it, the so Greg Jennings was with us last week mm-hmm. and talked about how much Mike McCarthy was going to impress upon that team, how much that game meant to him. Mm-hmm. And you two kept talking about Coach Mike, and there's clearly a real – his players seem to love him a hell of a lot more than the media Mike. does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his former and current players seem to really – so I'm sure McCarthy did that. Right. And they were off a bye. And they were playing a team that no matter how much you believe in them, had lost five in a row and was 29th in the NFL in scoring. And they lost. Mm-hmm. And they blew the first 14-point fourth-quarter lead in the history of the franchise. They did all those things. That Whatever the, the, the root cause is, all of those things scream to me, that ain't no Super Bowl team. You're coming oh, off a bye. Your coach, you're, it's not an opponent you're ever going to overlook because your coach, it means something to them, and it, they, it's a team that has owned you historically. The Packers have been, since Rodgers has been there, giving the Cowboys a ton of trouble. That concerns the hell out of me, Brew, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. you got to get more aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. When you are scoring points at will and you're scoring 30-plus points, like you said, the defense relaxed a little bit. We got Dak. Dak will go down there and score. They'll put up 30. Relax. You have to get more aggressive on the defensive side of the ball when you have an explosive offense and a quarterback that's scoring points at will. And the main number of up there that stands out to me is this defense has to create turnovers when your team is scoring 30 plus points we're not necessarily telling you to be excellent at stats and stopping them from getting this many pass yards or this many but if we could get one or two takeaways a game to get the ball back to Dak Prescott this defense is going to make this offense look really good and you're going to win games they lost one game since Dak has been back and that's against the Packers and that is strictly because they lost the turnover battle and I, I said this would start the Cooper Rush chat. Oh, you really wanted to talk a lot about Cooper Rush. Like it, it should never start. But, He's but, not even close. No, to but Jack you Prescott you started talking about Cooper Rush. Like when they had Cooper Rush, he was saying it in a negative. Yeah, he was saying you averaging hold on, James. Points with James, Cooper I Rush. have to jump you, in. Here. You all were favorable no. about James, Cooper Rush. James, I'm saying it's Bro. nothing to do with that. You're like I don't Bro. know that defense. <laughs> Cooper's got the Bro. mojo, the intangibles Bro. to get the defense going. I don't understand it. 15 points. Drew I'm with you. I'm with that. have a Cooper Rush discussion, but won't let himself do it. I'm with that. No, you're not. Uh, you are so clearly not. You on the not. fence, man. You what? are so You sound like you're on the fence. Who brought up the 33 points a game? Well, you know, know, like, lot. Who brought up what he's done for Tony Pollard? Mwah! <laughs> I'm with that. Why are you saying mwah now? I mean, uh, I'm fr- Broussard. Let's oh, okay. 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 Coming up after the break. <laughs> it is. It is. We're talking about Brooklyn and Kyrie next. First thing first. He wants to have the Cooper Rush conversation, but is afraid to have it. Fast break time. Nets in Sacramento. Kyrie Irving not there. Suspension was a minimum of five games. Brewer now at game seven. When we look at how the Nets are doing defensively with Kyrie and without Kyrie, well, with Kyrie, two and six. Opponents scoring 119 points. Without Kyrie... Four and two, 95 points. Is there a chance, bro? Is it on the board that we don't see Kyrie in a Nets uniform again? No. It's not on the I, board. I don't think it's on the board. And let me say this. First of all, Kyrie should be playing now. All right. And I get it. It wasn't just a strict five-game suspension. It was indefinite. But he, Adam Silver and Joe Sy have come out and said Ky, they don't believe Kyrie's anti-Semitic. They don't think, he, you know, he, at all. 
So why is he not playing? Now, if you wanted the sensitivity training the Nets want him to go through, we, can, you know, we don't have to get into whether or not that's necessary. You can go through that while you're playing. And here's my thing. If, if they are playing better without him basketball-wise, mm-hmm. but if you, you want to see, you know what? We look pretty good. Let's get a larger sample size, and it's a basketball decision to not play Kyrie. That's fine, but, you but the issue him. is, right, of he's course. suspended without pay. No, that I agree. So you should end That's the right. suspension. But if you want to keep him away from the team for now, fine, but let him get his money. Can we money. stay on the non-basketball stuff for a moment here because I don't want to kind of cross-pollinate, then we'll get just the right. basketball stuff. Do you think that it should be a prerequisite before he is reinstated or comes back that he holds a press conference and answers questions? Because well, I he, do. I mean, but I think that'll just happen. I don't think they need a separate press conference. I think that, like, if they announce he's playing tonight, he would have to talk to the media. After. I'm talking about. Well, if he's at shoot-around. What I'm saying is, do do you think it is possible that the Nets do not want him to play until he answers questions and the Nets right now are not comfortable with how that would go? I I don't think that should be a prerequisite. He's, oh. he's apologized already. But I, what else does he – the commissioner and the owner of the team have said he's not anti-Semitic. What more does he need well, to I, do? Well, I, I, I think apologizing via – the last time we saw Kyrie speak on this, it went so terribly the team banished him. So I think it is fair for the, – the only apology I, I've seen from him came via Instagram right? or I mean, on social media. And I guess all of this originated via on social media. And while I respect – you know, Adam Silver, and I believe Adam Silver. And by the way, I, for me personally, the problem was never. We said we that never I th- thought he was I never right. thought Kyrie had hate in his heart for anybody. I think Kyrie has a lot of issues. I don't think that's one of them. I do think it's fair if the Nets say, we want to be sure. We can't reinstate you and say you're back with us and then have that bleep show of press conference happen again as you represent us. So there's a lot of non-basketball reasons I think it would be fair for him not to be playing. But if we set all those aside, you don't think there is an argument basketball-wise that this team should get out of the Kyrie Irving business? Well, here's the thing. Is he tradable? Because I, I, I agree. They look better without Kyrie. I don't think their ceiling is as high without, with Ky- Why not? without Kyrie. Because this team as constructed can be good, can make the playoffs. But do they have a, like even on paper, a prayer of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie Irving? But do you Probably think with not. Kyrie they do? You think I, this- I, I think, and I, I got to credit, Ephraim Salam, Fox Sports Radio colleague of mine, he said this on the show, and and I wish I had said it, but I'm going to give him credit. They should bring Kyrie off the bench. And I agree. If Kyrie wants to continue his NBA career after the season, it's true. Like, if Kyrie wants to act logical and make logical decisions, he does But I – look, he was logical in not, you know, storming out after they wouldn't give him a contract extension and saying, you know what, okay, I'll play on this. His only option there was retire. His only option, if the Nets say – we want to bring you off the bench. You see what it's done for Russell Westbrook. Our defense is better, you know, in this unit. You can come in and get your 25 points okay, a game so what, off so the I'm bench. Kyrie, I'm like, uh, no thank you. Kyrie? Yeah, what about, like, I don't want to come off is the bench. He, is that throwing that away work. his NBA career? I, I mean, really? Like, it, off the bench. I think, Nick, and you seem to think he's tradable. Now, we talked about a team trying to trade him for a salary dump. That means you have to give up longer-term salaries. Do the Nets want to take that stuff on? Well, hold on. I think the only team you really could say might. Is the Lakers. Is the Lakers. No, I understand. And even if they feel like this season, it don't matter who we're bringing in, we're not going to be any good, then they probably won't trade for Kyrie. Hold on. If The the reason if I felt Kyrie was totally untradeable – right after this happened. But now, like you said, that you feel, and I think a lot of people feel, he has done whatever he needed to do to be reinstated. Adam Silver has come out, I don't want to say in support of Kyrie, but you know, in some defense of Kyrie. If he is, I guess my belief would be, if he is playable for the Nets, then he is tradable. If the Nets would say he can play for us, there's going to be another team in the league that would say he can play for but us. But you get then you get to the basketball reasons. Yeah, the, I believe and the Brooklyn Nets are team- better without Kyrie Irving. And the only evidence I have is 
all the games the last three years. But oh. why? But hold on. Why is a team? So what team is going to say we saw Kyrie go to Boston? Mm-hmm. They were better without him. Mm-hmm. You you just said what you said about the Nets. Mm-hmm. They've been better without him. Why? If I'm Joe, general manager, why am I going to bring because Kyrie it, to my it, team? Because it's an expiring contract with the with the sh- chance of upside. It's the expiring contract with the chance that Kyrie, as the main guy. It which as a different person than he was in Boston. He was the main okay. Right. He's he's been the main guy as a very young player in Cleveland. And he's been the main guy in Boston, which he has said he didn't handle that part of his career properly. I again I'm not betting on this at all. But the the outside chance that Kyrie is the main guy works. And the definite chance that if it doesn't, you at, you get contracts off your books. But and why would the Nets take because that they bad need, because contracts? Be, well, bad contracts, but for but for players that could help them. So all of the same type of trades that I brought up for Russell Westbrook, guys that would be rotation players, but are not on great they contracts. They got a bunch of rotation if you, players. If you are the Brooklyn Nets, the question I'm asking is this: Honestly, how good do I think Kevin Durant is? And I think right now Kevin Durant has looked like top three player in the league still. In the certainly okay. at the okay. in the argument, do I think that I can fill? Do I think I as Sean Marks can do my job and fill and look at the team and talk to my coach and say, can I get a 18 minutes a game from a guy off the bench? From a Gordon Hayward or whomever, can I can I piecemeal it together, have a KD centric team, and see if KD can go on a historic playoff run? Because what I feel I know, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, is KD and Kyrie simply does not work from basketball perspective. It flatly doesn't. It has at one point ever when James Harden was there, but Kyrie in this role, it has never. They work. haven't had a lot of games together. Well, oh, I mean, they really yeah, haven't. We've been saying this for three years, though. I mean, no, they, but they—he's been hurt or is anti-vax. I, I they know, haven't. Man. I'm not. Look, I'm not betting on Kyrie either. I'm just saying if I'm the Nets and I've invested all of this money, hundreds of millions of dollars into him, I'm paying him nearly forty million this year. I'm giving it a shot. If after three weeks. It's clear it's not working. I'll, I don't know if you can try. Is, and part of this is, is I think not, he's untradeable. Hold on, just quickly here, if we may. Why was it not giving it a shot before all this latest controversy? They were awful we, before right. this and happened. Did you expect them to be this much better without him? I thought they'd be better. I, I don't think anybody expected this. Bring him off the bench. Let's see how it works. I gave Steve Nash I'm a serious. shot. They were like, that doesn't work. You're gone. Bring him so off the bench. Kyrie. Let's that's see how it point. works. They gave Steve Nash two yeah. weeks. Kyrie got a, a good soldier. You get your contract. Yeah, Kyrie. Mentioned. Staying with good Brooklyn. Soldier. LeBron missed the KD matchup the other day. Sat out with a sore foot. KD did talk about LeBron and his legacy. Take a listen. Uh, obviously... Top two player to ever played, top three player to ever played a game. So there's always going to be excitement when he steps on the floor. And um, we've been around for so long that people have seen so many battles between us two at the highest stage, uh, you know, that people look forward to it. So um, I guess it's cool that we're still relevant at an older age and <laughs> people want to come watch us play. Okay. Happy KD. Yeah. What's your take on that? All right. Well, two, one was happy KD. That I the that was nice. Dur- listen, I think Durant has become incredibly comfortable with who he is after I think at times being uneasy with it, and he has obviously made some missteps. Even recently, I think the way he handled the offseason wasn't great, yeah. but I do find him incredibly likable, and he is still LeBron skews our minds for what is expected of an NBA guy in his mid 30s. For all of NBA history. It was very rare for a guy in his right. mid-30s still be a first-team All-NBA caliber guy. KD clearly is that, and it was. And what he said there is good. I thought it was honest. Now the top two, top three thing I find interesting because it is unequivocally true, but I don't think for the reasons KD means. So I don't think – so I, we argue about MJ versus right. LeBron, and people got mad at me on my 50 greatest players last 50 years list. I had MJ third. And And rightly so. Okay, but the reason I did that was because I think Kareem has an argument for the GOAT. I think LeBron has an argument for the GOAT. I think Jordan has an argument for the GOAT. So if I think that those have to be your top three, but I don't think that's KD's top three. I think KD paused 
because he has, I think KD's truth serum top three goes Jordan, Kobe, Braun. And I find that totally untenable, unrealistic, and inarguable. But I believe in my heart that's what Katie's talking about. That it was not, oh, wait, I forgot about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, right, it right. was uh, Bean, my guy Bean, and that's, who he, that's why he was kind of downgrading LeBron one spot. Well, he definitely doesn't have Kareem in his top three. I mean, when he's talked about a top five, yes. he's had Elijah Wan. Hakeem yeah. is the best center ever. Yeah. He's talked about Shaq in that yes. discussion. He's not talking about I, and And, and I, we've talked about this before, Nick. When you talk to a lot of ex-players that face LeBron and Kobe, a lot of, a lot of them put being. Kobe yeah, ahead yeah. of LeBron yeah. Yeah. Crazy. because of the killer and all a, that stuff. A lot. A lot. More a lot. Than, than put LeBron ahead of him. Yes. I think, though, I think KD has Jordan number one. Yep. I think KD you think believes he's, he's better than LeBron. No, now, okay. I don't know if he, I, I think he clearly thinks he's better than LeBron because he's very much in the skills. Now I don't know. So what, you think KD thinks he's top three ever? If he, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that don't he'd say so. it publicly. But if he. I think he thinks take. he's better than LeBron. That's a great. I take. do think he thinks he's so better like than LeBron. Right now, so or I all guess time. He, like if no, I think all time. time I think he feels like he's a better player, and I'm not mad. I think LeBron's better, but I'm not mad at KD. No, he's had two he finals MVP. Like, oh, right. look at this. Because he, here's player the thing, Nick. He's looking one. at it. We all look at it like, well, I, I admit. It was easier to play with that Golden State team, KD. Let's face yeah, it. That's why you got the best of LeBron. But he can look at it like, well, what about Miami? He had Wade and Bosh, and I had youngsters. I was a youngster myself. So I think KD can justify in his mind saying, I'm better. I'm more skilled okay. than LeBron and all that. So I think he's him or MJ him and then maybe LeBron. Or may, he might be talking Kobe, but – Go He's not talking Kareem. No, I liked it. I, I, I don't know what you want KD to say. I think it'd be way weirder if he's like, ah, oh, LeBron, way better than me. Way. No, no, he <laughs> should. He's much but better than do, me. Do you don't think he thinks he's better than LeBron? I, th- I do not think that Kevin Durant believes that if you're making a list of all-time NBA players, his name belongs ahead of LeBron James. Oh. Now, does that mean he... Does that mean he believes that he's more skilled than LeBron? Sure, maybe. But I think KD, and again, he probably hates this conversation, understands that on every single one of the measured accomplishments, it is not close on MVPs or finals MVPs or championships or trips to the finals. Oh, I didn't know that's how we were doing the goal. All that stuff? <laughs> no, all of it. It is, it is right, which is why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has an argument with the uh, same championships as Michael. You just didn't want the it to be a landslide for <laughs> no, Mike. That's but I, but I, I really think he's talking Kobe. Uh, coming up next, talking about Tom Brady's trick play and why it was genius. First genius. things first. That's what some people are saying. Golly. Well, welcome back to the show. Great five minutes right now. Tom Brady and the trick play heard around the world, literally because it was in Munich. Uh, here's Brady on his reception that wasn't. When the ball was in there, I obviously knew I wasn't going to catch it. But I tried to go up to at least tackle, you know, and try to keep the ball. And then I fell on my face. So in, in a lot of ways, you know, embarrassment and shame at the same time on the same play. I won't forget that play. And I haven't had many. Uh, receptions in my career, so I thought it would be pretty cool to get one in Germany. <laughs> Still thought it was a great play, Nick. <laughs> All right, you thought it was a great play? Yes. All right, so I think I know why you might have thought it was a good play. I think it was an indictment and encouraging. Oh, it's like the Bud List. So, right, it was somewhat like the Bud List. All right, here's why it's an indictment. It was not 21-3 to with six minutes left. Yeah. It was 14-3 to in the third quarter. You simply, you are a desperate team that up to that point is playing one of your best games of the year. I understand that four or five plays before they had lined up in the same formation. No one guarded Brady. Yeah. But Leftwich, who I would argue has not exactly bathed himself in glory thus far this season, <laughs> no. uh, was feeling himself a little too much on this play call. And, and Leonard Fournette, not shockingly, whenever you give the ball to a non-quarterback with throwing being an option – very often they treat it there as if go. throwing is mandatory. Like, if you, know, that if you, you don't throw, throw it, it, you're the, out of your mind. The world is going to see right. my arm Exactly today. right. Didn't he <laughs> see <laughs> that they guarded no, uh, him this time? Listen, no, they didn't guard not. him the first time. So, not. Leonard Fournette <laughs> made some mistakes, and I thought the timing of it 
was egregious, and I thought it opened the door for Seattle to get back in the game. And Seattle, I do believe that the next possession is when Geno fumbled. But Seattle did ultimately get back in the game. The game was not sewn up. Here's why, and I want to go back to you, Wilds, because I think we agree on this okay. part. Here's why I said encouraging. Because I think it shows that the Bucks are going to go into their bye week with maybe an unearned swagger, but a swagger. Correct. That they still feel like they are they – are, we're still the Bucks. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they, and they, and I, because I don't think you, they're not. I, well, that's fine, <laughs> but a lot of it does have to do with how you feel. And they have the third easiest schedule the rest of the way of in, everyone in the league. They now have a bye. They're five and five. They oh, know when they won the Super Bowl, they were seven and five through 12 yeah. weeks. And so I, I respect the mentality of it, Wilds. It was just the terrible, terrible timing. Yeah. Okay. I respect the mentality of it. I love the confidence of it. Yeah. And you've heard this for back-to-back weeks. Because when everyone was making fun of Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari's past, yeah. I'm, I was up there saying, you know what? Like it. Yeah. I like that you're playing loose. You're, I like that you're like, you know what? If it doesn't work, we're going to look foolish. And Brady is going to be literally ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> but on the big stage with literally the entire world watching you, 9 a.m. on the East Coast, like, yeah, you know what? Have Tom Brady catch a pass. It yeah. would be amazing. And to me, it's to, for me, bro. It's like you know what? Let's do it. We don't care. We're not playing super tight. We're gonna play no. loose. We're gonna play like champions. Loved it. I love it, everything about it because we're back. <laughs> Everybody what? loves it. I, I lo- don't. I love what? it because number one, like you said, a couple plays earlier, he was wide open. Nobody even covered him. You're not throwing. The so top. can I stop you there, James? Yes. Is it weird that they called it? Uh, three minutes after? No. It's, like, you didn't want to wait, like, and this, wait till and the That's quarter. the problem. But this, but this is why I love it, because Tom came over there to that sideline and told Leverett, I'm wide open, man. <laughs> Run Throw me the ball, and I am going to make this play, right? Uh, Fournette, I don't know what Fournette is doing, right? If he's not open, you got to run it. But I love the play call because, number one, like you say, it does. You're loose. It breeds confidence in your team. Let's go out here. Let's have fun. We are still a good football team. But you just don't think they're a good team. No, I don't. You think despite – you you like the mentality, but you don't think it signifies anything. And number three, what I really love about this, right, especially for this corner out here, right, because – you are going to show this to your kids one day, and you're going to say, yeah, I guarded Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> he came out there, I guarded Tom Brady, and picked him off. They put him out and there. And he's been me. unbelievable. He but might be defensive. I don't, I don't mind this play call at all. I just think, it, number one, it's a dumb throw by Fournette. Run the ball. He ain't wide open like he was Rookie. a couple plays. I, I mind it. I, I didn't mind it initially when he was wide open, but it was too soon. Do it later in the game. Maybe they don't guard him again. You know they were thinking, oh, they, they think we're this dumb? Were we going to let him go out here again? So, Because it seemed to me like it was a reaction. To, they didn't even guard time on that. Let's, let's see if we can get him. Let and I got to say this. He's go. the GOAT quarterback. This is oh, a this slight is, overstatement. This is he might be the worst athlete to play in the NFL. Because every time he has to do something <laughs> that's not a throwing the football, oh. right? Catching it. He has running? trouble running. He, he looks like trouble. he has trouble running. Bro, he's 45. After an interception. Oh, he was 35 doing it. Tackling. Hey, have you seen him? It's a slight overstatement, but come on. Does he get any credit for athleticism <laughs> for being the GOAT? He's uh, the GOAT QB quarterback. Sneaker. The, it, he's a great I, yeah, yes, he, he, he ain't is. never been stopped on a QB. He team, is, but, but is that an athlete? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's something he's not going to That's smart. That's what he's – Ask Kirk Cousins of athletic. I, I, I think that he's smart. a better athlete than I think I'm not going to say Tom's I think you're the worst athlete in the NFL. I'm going to say it's the cleats. It was the, he didn't have his receiver. Yeah. Oh, right. That's, that's, that's Josh right. Allen Howard quarterback. Was it the cleats against the Yeah, it's a shot of Under Armour. Hey, Baker, up next, first things first. Hey, if you missed any of today's show, this joke's over. You know what? <laughs> He's right, Wiles. Just, just, just read it standard, all right, please? Subscribe, subscribe to, to the, the First Things First Podcast. And while you're there, subscribe to What's Right with Nick Wright and The Odd Couple with Chris Bruce yes, Park. Parker. Subscribe to those. And with Kevin Wiles. That costs three ninety nine dollars a month. Do all that. Metal side. <laughs> Josh Giddy in Boston. Yeah, he threw the ball oh, off the backboard. Gosh. LeBron did this a few years ago. It made national news. This Josh Giddy did it. Only made uh, the bottom half of the medals highlight. Uh, Nick, no medal for Josh Giddy. Who nope. did it better? But a medal for his teammate, even in a loss. Brew, medals mainstay. He is. SGA. He's Man. 31 a game. 
He's 31, 6, and 5 a night. And they're winning a little bit. Uh, yeah, not well, last night. Than, yeah, but they led most of the game. 37. What's up, Wilds? What's the problem? What? Trade rumors? Tra- what? You hear trade rumors? SGA to New York? Did you hear that? No. Oh, oh no. stop. Have you heard that? Uh, you gave you me. Wish. I thought we were actually having technical. I'm back. Donovan. 37, 4, and 8 for SGA. He is Silver, killing. first medal of the year. Bam. 30 and 10. Yeah. For in a nice win for the Sun, Good for win. the for the Heat over the Suns, pardon me, and then a gold, starting in place of Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. thirty-six points for Jordan yeah. Poole. It was I'm told Jordan Poole bobblehead night, oh. so a little Poole double dip, and then after the game, the Warriors sent Wiseman to the G League, and that they won because they're at home. And by the way, Brew picked them to win the title again this year, and it's not looking so good. How's Dallas looking? Great. They're looking, they're looking like they have the league MVP. They're That's like what they're a one-man like, show. Uh, you know what? Like. And if that one-man show, it's like Hugh Jackman on Broadway, my friend. It's all you need. There's the medal stand from last night in the NBA. What was? Now what? Come for the sports, stay for the Broadway. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield is back. We missed you, Baker. You haven't been in the show in a yes. few weeks. Oh, you about to go all Slated Baker Slated to start again. in Baltimore. Okay. Sunday on Fox. First time he started since week five. It's drawing a blank time, yeah. Nick. Uh-huh. Baker Mayfield. We've let you get away You haven't let me get away with it. No, because you were all in on I was all in on this fact. What? That you Baker Mayfield would beat out Sam Darnold. And Baker Mayfield... After being the worst quarterback in football for four, four weeks and then getting benched, guess what? They once again had a choice between Baker and Darnold, and they're like, I, we have to go with Yeah, Baker. but they would the, take P.J. over both. Okay, well, P.J. Walker. Luckily for me, the argument this offseason was not Baker versus <laughs> no, P.J. Walker. Walker. It was Baker. Baker. So here's the answer. Next year, Baker Mayfield will be competing somewhere, not Carolina, to be the starting quarterback. Really? Okay. In Indy? Or Houston. Indy, Indy's going for Baker Mayfield. Jeff Saturday likes but, Baker. I'm just Jeff Saturday won't be the coach next year. Uh, a team that desperately that. that that does not get a top three pick to draft one of these guys and needs a quarterback, he will be in a similar situation that he was in last season. Or a team that has a quarterback but they know they need to move on from and they want to, you know, give him a spark, like for example, Denver. So like oh, say stop in it, somewhere. Stop it. I will take Russ over Baker. Nah. You would take Russ uh, not over on the Baker. contract. Not on the contract. He will be a back. He's going to Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky route. Go somewhere, back up. Maybe it's the Rams, back up Stafford. Uh, maybe wherever Brady's at, back up Tom Brady. But he will back somebody up for a year, try to learn, and then – Hopefully for Mariota's him get another shot. Starting this year. I know, but oh, he so went back up first, got right? And so now not Mariota this year, Mariota yes. from a couple years. So he'll get a chance. I don't know. In a Did couple you see years. him in the second half a couple weeks ago? Ooh, we really. Uh, he was great. You want to you want to get back on that Baker train? Uh, Wilds, no. What? I'm. This I'm is gonna, not, not right. What? I'm talking about. I'm talking about Panthers and Baltimore, maybe. <laughs> ah, a little preview on Thursday. Ooh, that's a big spread. Your Baker next pick, high. I'm taking that too. I'm going to be like, I'm with that one. Speak I'm with is that up one. next. Puxitani Phil signing off two for two. <laughs> <laughs>